And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back this fine Saturday morning. Well, it's not actually welcome back, but it's welcome back from some previous weeks. But um, this is the first segment of our show this fine Saturday morning. And as always, I truly appreciate you tuning in and taking the time to listen to our program. Additionally, I thank you uh, for your thoughts and your compliments and your encouragements, your questions. Um, it's truly appreciated, and it is really wonderful to have input from our listeners. So I truly do appreciate that as well. And so if you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past or possibly even a subject that you'd like to hear discussed in the future, please contact me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. Also, if you'd like a free Bible, please send me your name and your address, and I will send you a free Bible, no charge, no obligation. I won't use your information for anything other than to get you those Bibles. And I apologize to those of you that have waited a little bit. I've been out uh, under the weather for a little, but um, those Bibles are forthcoming. So thank you for writing in and asking for those, and you will receive them. And as I said, uh, my hope is, as I've said many times, my hope is, is that you just wear out the pages. So again, welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our program title today is Worship and Obedience. And I think so often those two are really separated and uh, and they shouldn't be. And um, there's an important reason that they shouldn't be because in our worship, if we're not obedient in our worship and not obedient in what God has called us to do and submitting to his will, are we in fact really worshiping appropriately? And so you can worship through your obedience, absolutely. And uh, so I think sometimes there needs to be that connection that, uh, you know, we'll go on Sundays or Wednesdays, we'll have uh, praise and worship. Um, are we being obedient at that? I mean, it's much like when we're taking the elements or communion, God asks us to make amends with anything that we've done and don't come and do this inappropriately. And so each day, um, when there, when you have a communion wherever it is, this is something that can be done daily and with every meal. We have uh, compartmentalized this thing that God has said to do in remembrance of me. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And it's often, it's not just here and there. This is something to do in remembrance all the time. And so even at your meal at home, you can actually be conducting yourself within that meal as it is uh, taking communion. And, and I, I, I don't mean to, to make it less of an importance uh, in its significance, but it is significant. And so uh, as significant as having a prayer before your meal and with the meal and at any time. So I want to encourage you to do those things more often because the more we are in the mindset of God's will, the more likely we are to think about the decisions we make as we move through this life. And the important decisions are, is am I doing God's will? And we tend to separate these things as God's will is over here. That's kind of a Sunday or Wednesday night item. And then the rest of the week, we're back to work and we're just doing all the things we've always done. And the reality is 
<laughs> the worship and the obedience to God's will should be paramount and priority in our lives. And so I want to suggest to you to just continue to think along those lines and pray to our creator, uh, pray to our savior uh, that we will be more aware and we will be more alert to those things about every decision that we make. And so if I was to kind of narrow down to what worship is, I mean, worship is giving God the best that he's given to us. I think that's a fair statement. And I, w- I would caution you to be careful what you do with the best that you have. A lot of us say, you know, you, you hear that thrown around so often, I'm doing the best that I can. Um, I, I can't tell you that I'm always doing the best that I can, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest about those things. Um, am I giving it effort? Yes. But to make it rise to say that it, it is my best all the time, it is a goal that I wish to attain, it is a, a mentality and a thought process that I, I want to be within my life, but even within the apostles, like the Apostle Paul, who who, we, who sometimes is referred to the greatest apostle, right? There were things that were happening in his life that he kept asking the Lord to remove. And whether it was a trial, a tribulation, whether it was a physical malady, the Bible's not really clear on it. But he prayed to the Lord three times to remove this particular thing that was really getting Paul. And the Lord said that his mercy would be sufficient for him, his grace and mercy. My grace is sufficient for thee. So we want to we want to think along those lines as we suffer that even in times of trial and tribulation, God has not abandoned us, but we are going through something for an education. So whenever you get a blessing from God, please give it back to him as a love gift. Whatever you're getting, share it. You are not given something to hold it tight and keep it to yourself. I mean, that's why we have those scriptures about talking about the candle. No one takes a candle, puts it under a bushel, hides it under a bed. When God has given us these wondrous gifts of light and the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, they're given to us, yes, for a blessing to us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. But they are given to us so that we might share with everyone we come in contact with. Everyone. Here's going to be a a little bitter pill to swallow for many of us. God says, the scriptures tell us, God has the apostles inspired and all these men of old to write these wonderful things down. The men, the women who who participated and, and, and were chosen by God to do these wonderful things. And they suffered endlessly uh, for their faith. But he gave us these things to do so that we could share them. Not hide them. We need to share them endlessly. And so much so that we share them. This is the hard one that we, we struggle with so much. We share them with our enemies. And those who would do us harm, love those who hate you. Do good to them, the Bible teaches us. That's a hard, bitter pill to swallow sometimes. And he says, you know, it's easy to love those who love you back. It's very reciprocal. You're, you're getting something back. But when you're loving someone who does not, you're not loving them because you're looking for something in return. 
You're loving them because that is what God has called us to do. And certainly all the things that humanity has done, um, oh my gosh, we certainly uh, need uh, forgiveness. And it is the whole reason that Jesus hung on the cross, to pay for what we deserve to suffer. And he took that upon himself. But I, I do want to caution you in that. And I want to really encourage you to take time to mediate before God and to offer a, and a blessing back to him as a deliberate act of worship. Because if you hoard it for yourself, it's not going to turn in. It, 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 it will turn into spiritual dry, dry rot. It's not going to turn into something that's good. And remember this example in the Old Testament in Exodus 16:20 with the with the nation, the Israel of old, uh, as the manna did when it was hoarded. God said, "Only take so much and leave the rest." But they didn't listen, and they continued to take it in, and it became rancid and made them sick. Um, we need to listen to God. God will never allow us to keep a spiritual blessing completely to ourselves. I mean, it must be given back to him so that he can make it a blessing to others. So let's do that in our worship. Let's do that in, in obeying. Part of obeying is loving your neighbor as yourself. Look at the world around us at this moment as it is crumbling. The best of the best of nations stand up, but yet the world rages in war. And do you know what makes it even harder? is the reasons behind these wars. You're looking at Israel. You're looking at the Palestines. You're looking at all these individuals, Islamic nations. And I will tell you, the Islamic nations and Israel, they're stepbrothers. They have the same father. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Abraham was the father of Ishmael. Here, Two groups, two family groups fighting with such hatred and not even knowing why. Please don't tell me you're fighting over rocks. Please don't tell me you're fighting over some place, some stretch of earth that you say is sacred when it is the people, the lives that are sacred. But yet they are thrown away and discarded as worthlessness. Think about that. Brothers, relatives. And it didn't just start with Ishmael and Isaac and as they separated and became great nations. It didn't just start there. It goes all the way back to the beginning to Cain and Abel. My goodness, two sons of Adam. It came about about jealousy. We need to embrace each other in real love. Next time you think about these nations, next time you think about each other, think about each other in love. Think about in each other that it is your relative, same father, when you break it down. I know I make it very simplistic because the wars have raged for generations and generations and generations. And certainly, I believe that peoples need their their own countries and their own nations, but there are ways to accomplish these things. 
And always the Israelites, when they functioned appropriately within God's will, Israel was a blessing to every nation. They truly were. They followed the covenant that God had given them, became a blessing after blessing after blessing. But when we put God out and we are just a nation of secular words and without the worship of the creator who (laughs) by his means we all exist, we wind up where we are now. And here we are in our great country here, a country that we, we stuck our chest out for so long saying one nation under God. That was powerful. That was meaningful. That was purposeful. It's not about a flag made out of material. It is about the lives that occupy these nations and countries. And we are all brothers who breathe the same air, drink the same water, bleed the same blood. Please don't get lost in pigmentation. Love your brother. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who is your neighbor? Why do we, why are all of our biblical principles being pushed away? Because as we push those principles away, we allow ourselves to be caught up into the lie of evil and wickedness and destruction. Killing babies and children. Those were what God awful nations did. It wasn't us. Or so we said to ourselves. But take a hard look at where we stand now. And I ask you to pray for your leaders. And conduct yourselves in a way that is appropriate for a man and a woman of true faith. Speak the truth of the gospel. Things won't be quiet with you. Things won't necessarily be evil. I mean, easy for you. But that is what we need to do. We need to stand up for what is right. We need to stand up for righteousness. I truly believe in those biblical principles that say love your neighbor as yourself. And believe me, it is not talking about the neighbor that lives directly to you on your street, to your left or to your right, behind or across the street. It is a generalization of everyone around you. Everyone is your neighbor. And Jesus took it so much further. They took it so much. Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. That is hard for us to process, isn't it? Yet we unleash terror on each other. We unleash terror on the innocent. We unleash terror on the vulnerable. Please step back and pray that God's will is done in your life. And if each one of us prays that God's will is done in our lives, change can begin. 
We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. 321. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, thank you for joining us this fine Saturday morning. And as always, as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time, tuning in, and listening to our program. We also appreciate your emails, uh, your questions, and your encouragements. Thank you. Uh, if anyone would like a free Bible, please contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. That's Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. And I'll send you a free Bible. Just send me your name and your address. No obligation. I just hope and pray that you wear out the pages. Again, you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back to our second segment of this fine Saturday morning. Title of today's program is Worship and Obedience. And... um Some of the most current issues, obviously, are, as you can see, are tugging at my heart greatly and um, it breaking my heart to see um, how humanity has spiraled into such such a horrible uh, condition, into such a horrible condition, and that we have come to believe that life has no value and um, the things that we fight and we argue over. Obviously, there is no right to killing in either way. It just, uh, the horrible things that have taken place in Israel and the innocence of those that are being hurt on the other side in Palestine and innocence everywhere. You know, the sad part of it all is that there there is a few who are just um, out of their minds to just kill and maim and kill and maim and kill and maim. And most of the people who get involved in these things um Half the time, don't even understand why they're doing it. And um, yet they brainwashed, convinced in such a way by, I, I can't believe those arguments uh, are that compelling. I've listened to different ones here and there. Um, they all go back to one thing. It is stirring hatred for another human being. So without, again, um, continuing in that vein, I, I want to continue in our program of, of worship and um, obedience, but please um, keep our Jewish brothers and our Christian brothers who are in all those regions uh, in prayer, please keep them in prayer and pray that God's will, not men, but God's will is accomplished. So we were talking about worshiping and what that means in giving the best to God that he's given us um, and uh, giving back to him in a deliberate act of worship. Uh, because if you hoard it for yourself, um, it's uh, going to turn into spiritual dry rot, just like the manna did back in the old times. If you'd like to read about that, what the Israelites experienced as God was leading them through the wilderness, uh, check out in the Old Testament Exodus chapter 16, verse 20. And again, as I had said, God will never allow you to keep the spiritual blessing to yourself. It really must be given back so that he can make it a blessing to others. That's what we're supposed to be, a blessing to each other. 
Now, there's a scripture in Genesis, yep, the first book of the Old Testament, all about our friends who were traveling. And it says he moved from there, this was Abram, he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And when he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west, and I, yep, that's how you spell, that's how you say that word AI back then, not the artificial intelligence version, but that word AI in the Old Testament is actually said I. Uh, and he built uh, on the west and I on the east. He was between them. He built an altar to the Lord and he called on the name of the Lord. That's Genesis 12, chapter 8. Now, Bethel throughout the Old Testament is a symbol of fellowship with our creator, with God, Bethel. Bethel had many, many uh, significant things throughout the Old Testament. Is If you can take some time and study and read the Bible and pray that God opens your heart as you read it so that you see his intentions. Um, so Bethel is a symbol of fellowship with God. And I, that particular city, is a symbol of of the world, the pagan world and the things around us. And it said that Abram at that time pitched his tent between the two. And so the lasting value of our public service for God is measured. And this is an important subject that I speak to you all the time. I I have to share it and I have to emphasize it. Our public service for God is measured by the depth of the intimacy, which is something we need to seek continually, of our private lives of fellowship and oneness with him. This oneness is so, so important that Jesus cried out to the Father and said, Father, let them be one. Talking about the apostles, the church, the body, all of God's people, let them be one as you and I are one. I don't know if you can grasp the depth of that phrase of what Jesus is praying for on our behalf, but it is something almost uncomprehendable by human intelligence. He is praying that all God is and all that Jesus is that they have together, that they share with us, with us, that intimacy is so incredible. And so the lasting value of our public service for God is measured by the depth of the intimacy of our private times of fellowship and oneness with him. And I will tell you that rushing in and out of worship is wrong every time. There's always going to be plenty of time to worship God. You you, you have plenty of time. But days set apart for a quiet can be a trap. You want to be careful because distracting from the need to have daily quiet time. And that's why we must pitch our tents where we always have quiet time with him. I hope you can see that analogy there of what Abram was trying to do. Because however noisy our times are with the world may be, because remember, we are in the world, he says, but not of the world. So we are in the midst of this constant noise, this constant bombardment from media. Every kind of thing is coming at us, whether it's to tell us how to think about our political views, if we have political views, to tell us how we should dress, how we should look, what we should eat, what we should drive. (laughs) Make up your mind for yourself. Be an individual. 
Don't be caught into all of these things that draw you into spending more than you have, more than you can afford, and you become a slave to the things of this world. It's not what you need. It's not what you need. And God said in the Lord's Prayer, we're praying, provide our daily bread. That daily bread is is not only the food that we eat, but it's the clothes we wear. It's the sustenance that it sustains us. That is the bread. And the true bread of life that has come down from heaven is who? That's right. Jesus Christ, the one and the only Son of God. So again, think about that. Bethel is the symbol of fellowship with God. And I is the symbol of the world. So when Abram pitched his tent between the two, he was trying to pitch it in out of the city and close to God. But he was still in the world. So it was it would affect the things that he did. But obviously, Abram, who became Abraham, was blessed because the nation of Israel became as the sands of the sea through his seed. And at a 100 years old, he gave birth. To Isaac. And so the promise was fulfilled. And again, as I, I tiptoe back into the subject for a moment, because Abram and Sarah didn't quite believe that they could have a children at a hundred, although Sarah was, she sent the ha- handmaiden. And so that young boy who was sent away with his mother became another great nation, which today we know as the nation of Islam. That is the descendants from there. I just want to keep reminding you brothers, if you listen to this broadcast, whether you hate what I say or not, those words are truth. You are brothers. You have the same father. And so much more so, the father of Abraham was the creator, was almighty. Think about those things as you begin your campaigns of hatred. As you begin your campaign of vengeance, and I speak to those who are the Lord's people, and God tells us, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And as we venture away from our Father in heaven and his direction and his will, we make decisions that lead us to the edge of destruction. And so let's cautiously walk and pray. Let's cautiously move through this world seeking God's will in everything that we do. And so again, please, 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 set yourself quiet time. Please, 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 please. You're listening to Dan Brown here on Saturday morning with Dan Brown on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we'll be right back after this. Life is hectic here in South Jersey. But one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
News. I'm Pam Puso. Desperately needed aid is arriving in Gaza. Food, water and medicine are being delivered from Egypt as battles rage between Israel and Hamas. Meantime, in Illinois, Yuri Ronin is waiting for his wife and daughter. They had been held hostage by Hamas. Oh, big relief. Big, big relief. I thank God. And I hope for release of the other hostages. Persistence appears to be paying off for striking auto workers. At all three companies, as of this week, we have a 23% raise on the table. That's up from 20% just a few days ago and up from 9% when they made their first offer. Sean Fain is president of the UAW. The car companies maintain they've made record offers. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Atlantic City Electric AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Here is the rain tonight with a low of 53. Mostly cloudy for tomorrow with a spotty shower. Increasingly windy, high 65. Partly cloudy tomorrow night with a spotty shower, windy, low 46. And for Sunday, probably to mostly sunny and windy with a high of 63. For weather anytime, go to AccuWeather.com. For AccuWeather, I'm Cheryl Golden on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you again for joining us on this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate your questions, your comments, your encouragements. Thank you for sending them to us all the time. And also, if you'd like a free Bible or if you have a question about today's program, you can contact me by email. It's Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com that's saturday morning dan brown at yahoo.com again you're listening to saturday morning with dan brown here on wpg talk radio 95.5 and as we go on and continue into our third segment of today the title is worship and obedience and um we talked about a, a whole lot of stuff in just the first two segments this morning so um I had been under the weather for a bit, and uh, I am amazed what God does with us in our weakness. And uh, there truly is, a, it brings the statement to life that says that he is strong um, when we are weak. And so uh, thank you, Lord, for that, for your words, for your strength, and for your wisdom, even when I feel so um, weak. That's the, there's no other word. I feel very weak today. But um, been recuperating for a little bit. But as we go on with today, today, this particular third segment of today on the on our program of worship and obedience, uh, it, there's very important parts for us to really look at and examine. Uh, what are our lives doing? What are we doing when we're worshiping God? And are we obeying at the same time? And they're intrinsically tied together. Those two things and cannot be separated. And um, there's a there's this myth like uh, about levels of spiritual life, and I will tell you there are not three levels of spiritual life as sometimes we hear people say, and I've heard people say that the three levels of spiritual life are worship, waiting, and work. I don't know why they don't call them the three W's, but worship, waiting, and work. There are not. That's not true. That's not something that you should aspire to do. Yet some of us we seem like spiritual frogs. 
jumping from worship to waiting, from waiting to work. Now, for me, God's idea is that the three should go together as one. All those things are combined in what we do. And they were always together in the life of our Lord and in perfect harmony. And it is a disciple. Yeah, a disciple. That's what you and I are when you hear that word, a disciple. And a disciple needs discipline, right? And it is a discipline that must be developed within us who are disciples. And honestly, it won't happen overnight, but it is something that you need to work towards and aspire to. And I hope you can do that. Now, the other thing that we talk about endlessly, and we will always talk about endlessly, is the intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in John fourteen nine, um, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long that you have not known me, Philip. And that's in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 9. Now, I want you to understand that when Jesus was talking to Philip, these words were not spoken as a rebuke. He was not rebuking. And they weren't even said with surprise. What was happening was Jesus was encouraging Philip to draw closer. Many people look at this as a rebuke, and it was not. Jesus was encouraging Philip to become closer, to become more intimate. And that is what you and I need to do as well. And sometimes in our lives, and, uh, you know, each one of us is at a different level, maybe sometimes, uh, yet the last person we get intimate with is Jesus Christ. That's the truth. Now, before the Pentecost, the the disciples knew Jesus as the one who gave them power to conquer demons, right? And also to bring about revival. There was revival among the people as Jesus was feeding and sharing and sharing the gospel. And if you want to read that a little bit closer, go to the Gospel of Luke, look at chapter 10, and read verses 18 to 20. It'll bring so much more of that to light. And it was a wonderful intimacy that they were having, but there was a much closer intimacy to come. And so what did Jesus say later in John fifteen fifteen? He said, I have called you friends. So it was much more than just an acquaintance. It was just more somebody that they knew. He is now calling those who are in this intimate circle with him friends, which has a much deeper, deeper meaning to be someone's friend. And I will tell you, true friendship is rare on this earth. Absolutely. And I tell you what friendship means, because some of us throw and banter that word of, of friendship around very loosely. But a real friend means someone who is identifying in thought, in heart, and in spirit. So those who you call your friends, do they identify with your heart? Do they identify with your thoughts? And do they identify with your spirit? And the whole experience, we're going to come to learn, you know, as we learn and we progress in the walk of faith, the whole experience, the whole, whole experience of life is designed to enable us to enter into the closest relationship imaginable or almost unimaginable 
with our Savior Jesus Christ. What happens to us? We receive his blessings and know his word, but do we really know him? Because this relationship that we're in, this faith that we have, are more than ink upon pages. We are in an intimate relationship with the living and alive person of Jesus Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus said to them, it is to your advantage that I go away. And that's in John 16, verse 7. So he left that relationship to lead them even closer. He left the earthly relationship. You know, there's advantage. He was telling them that I go away because what happened after that? He gave them the Holy Spirit. And honestly, it is a joy to Jesus when a disciple takes the time to walk more intimately with him. And that's what we need to seek. Our lives are filled with road bumps, speed bumps, twists and turns. But when Jesus walks along with us, those turns aren't so sharp. The bumps, not so hard. And the lessons in life, hopefully, learned and we are educated by what God allows us to experience. Educated, not only for ourselves, but for those who we continue to share the gospel with. And so, the bearing of fruit, which is what we are called to do. It talks to describe us as bearing fruit. The bearing of fruit is always shown in the scripture to be the visible result of an intimate relationship with Christ. And if you want to read a little bit more on that to help you process that a little better, go to the Gospel of John, go to chapter 15, and read those first four verses and see how that enlightens you and brings you closer. But again, these are words words on page. This is ink on paper. And the ultimate goal of this ink on paper is to connect you with the living, breathing Savior, the one and only Son of God, Jesus Christ. Now once we get in once we get intimate with Jesus, we are never lonely. We never lack understanding or compassion. Because if we're lacking those things, I will tell you, question your intimacy and how deeply you really are associated with Jesus. Are you just reading pages? Or is Jesus alive to you? That's the difference. There are many of us that scour the scriptures endlessly, but never come to a saving knowledge. Because we're only reading We're not applying. We're only reading. We're not praying. We're only reading. We're not connecting with the one who these words are written about to direct us to. These are like wonderful road signs to a beautiful destination. And that destination is Jesus Christ. So when we get intimate with Jesus... When we are as close as we can be, more intimate than a bride and a husband. We're never lonely. Why do we seek a bride? We seek intimacy and comfort, not to be alone. 
We'll never lack understanding or compassion. And Jesus gives us that endlessly does the grace of God flow into us. I want you to process that a little bit more. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. W. Clay. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back this fine Saturday morning, and as always, we thank you for tuning in, listening to our program. We thank you for your encouragements, your questions, and your comments. Should you have any, or would you like a free Bible, please contact me by email at SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. That's SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. And if you just send me your name and your address, I will send you that free Bible. And my prayer is that you wear out the pages. Again, thank you for listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I cannot believe we're in the last segment of today's program. I mean, it just flies by. And it's um, wonderful to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful to, to give ourselves and leave ourselves open to the will of God so that what he wants said and what he wants accomplished, as long as we are willing, like Mary said, when the angel came and said, you, you are going to bear the Christ child. You're going to bear the Son of God. And she said, let your will be done. And so because of Mary's obedience and willingness to do what God wanted, his will and not her own, she became a blessing to all of humanity by bearing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 in our last segment of today of worship and obedience. I left off on the last segment really driving this point home that once we are intimate with Christ in the level of intimacy that he is seeking and he describes it, it's described through the entire Old and New Testament because everything about both the Old and New Testament Everything points to Christ. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can discern those things that everything is leading to the Savior, to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So once we get that level of intimacy that Jesus seeks, that God seeks to have with us, we're never lonely, we never lack understanding, and we never lack compassion. And we can continue to pour out our hearts to him without being perceived as overly emotional or pitiful. You know, some people will tell, oh, your religion is a crutch. It's this. It's not. It's healing. Oh, yeah. There is healing properties to the gospel. Um, heal both body, mind, and soul, my friends. Um, we need to continue to pour our hearts out to him. And the believer who is truly intimate with Christ will never draw attention to himself, but only show the evidence, right? The evidence of a life where Jesus is completely in control. That's our goal. That's what you and I need to aspire to. And to reach that pinnacle that we aspire to be through, to become It is through that intimate relationship that should grow and grow and grow. 
so that his thoughts are our thoughts. That's what we want. Not our, not our thoughts, his, because he is so far above us. But his thoughts become our thoughts. And so this outcome of allowing Jesus to satisfy every area of our lives to its depths. Think about that. And the picture resulting from such a life is that of a strong, calm balance that our Lord gives to those who are intimate with him. And that is what I seek. Can I say that I always measure up to that description right there? I pray that I do, but the honesty says that I don't always. (laughs) I want to aspire to, as we all should want to. Uh, But so often the flesh gets in the way of the spirit. And there's no question there is a, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. There is is a very true scripture. So I pray for you that you keep seeking that intimacy that we all need. Because when we do and when it is in our lives in the appropriate fashion and we are functioning and giving our will and all and making ourselves subject to the will of God, the things and the joy and the peace that we feel is almost undescribable in human terms. Now, my question to you is, am I a living sacrifice? Because isn't that where we're heading here? Jesus was a sacrifice. He he gave his life for humanity. But there is scriptures where it also talks about us being uh, living sacrifices. So I, I wonder where that takes us. And so there's a scripture in Genesis 22, 9, where it talks about Abraham. He's now Abraham, right? It's Abraham now built an altar because he had the son. He built an altar and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him upon the altar. Oh, my. Now, the event is a picture of the mistake we make thinking that the ultimately that God wants us in the sacrifice of death. Sometimes we, we confuse that. What God wants is the sacrifice through death, which enables us to do what Jesus did. And that is to sacrifice our lives. Not, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to death, but I'm willing to be identified with your death so that I may sacrifice my life to God. Now, that doesn't mean there has not been many a faithful person whose life has not been taken in death. That, that does not mean that. Um, that can happen. But we can also be a living sacrifice. And so we seem to think that God wants us to give up things, right? God purified Abraham from this error. And the same process is at work in all of our lives. God never tells us to give up things just for the sake of giving them up. But he tells us to give them up for the sake of the only thing worth having, namely life with himself all things lead to a life with christ the church is the bride jesus is the bridegroom and so those bands are loosened immediately by identifying with the death of christ with the death of jesus and then we enter into a relationship with god whereby we may sacrifice our lives to him there's a difference it's not it really isn't a value to god to give him your life for death 
He wants you to be, as we talked about, as we continue to talk about, a living sacrifice. To let him have all of your strengths that have been saved and sacrificed through Christ. And if you want to read a little bit more of that, read in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, about what God is looking for us to be saved and sanctified through Christ. All through that connection of that intimate relationship. And I will tell you, that is what is acceptable and pleasing to our Lord and Savior. That is what is accepting. You're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Absolutely want to thank you for listening today and taking the time to be part of our program. And for those of you that have sent in your emails with your questions and your comments and your encouragements, your requests for the Bibles, Thank you so very much. But before I end today's program, I would like to talk to you about the work that we do at the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. Many of you may know that I'm the president and CEO of the Atlantic City Rescue Mission, and I have been for quite some time. I've been involved with the mission longer before I was the president and CEO. I was a uh, on the board, and before that, I was uh, a volunteer. So a good portion of my life, has been involved with the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. And, and I thank, uh, I have thanks to that for some very close friends of mine who had brought all these things to my attention as a young man and over the years to be able to develop and participate in many things that have happened at the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. And I will tell you that each year it is harder and harder to, uh, raise the awareness about the funds that are needed to take care of homeless children, of homeless women, of homeless families, and homeless men. Each year, the world becomes a little colder. Uh, each year, the world becomes a little more self-absorbed on the things that go on around them. And right now, understandably, with the wars and rumors of wars that are going all around us, the presidential re- election that's coming upon us in the very near future, so much of people's attentions and, and funds are given to those kinds of things. But I want to ask you, please consider those that we serve. There is a great need. We here at the mission, our board and every person that works here, we cherish every dollar that you give from your heart to help us support the work of the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. And this coming year, This coming year, the Atlantic City Rescue Mission will have been doing this work for 60 years. Yes, 60 years. And my hope is through the things that God has allowed us to do, the miracles that is created with us to allow us to acquire certain things, to expand programs. My prayer is that we can continue for at least another 60. But my ask is today is for you to reach into your heart and see how you can support us. And please give from a, from your heart. Seek God and give whatever you can to help us in this great work of caring for those in need. Your gifts are such a blessing to us here at the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. So I want to say thank you and God bless you all again. You've been listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And you can give through the mail or you can go online at acrescuemission.org. God bless you all.